0: So as we're getting started here, I just wanted to set the stage a little bit. So um Trake is kind of our visionary, one of the one of the visionaries on the Coordinate team. And he has been brainstorming on what the future of Coordinate is gonna look like, what the future of Coordinate is going to be for us as a protocol and how DAOs can use Coordinate to kind of empower their compensation and empower their communities to really to give and and to uh to make their to run their vibe a little bit better so with that we will welcome uh Traik up to the stage and Treyk if you can hear us let us know um if you guys have any questions that pop up in the meantime we have a a thread in the uh underneath the community calls the january 6th Um, January 26th community calls. We've got uh, the agenda up right there. Um, If you have any questions that you want us to ask for the Q&A section after that, um, put them in there and we will address them as they come. So I will mute and I will let Trey take the stage and kind of let us know what's going on.
1: Um, Well, this is a small group, so I don't want to lecture. I'd rather just have a discussion and, and talk. If anybody has questions, we can talk about that. But I will just give a a brief overview of like what the vision and the future for coordinate is, And, you know, the idea is that creating a platform for people to do compensation in a truly decentralized way. Um, so most decentralized DAOs or organizations now, um, there's a certain set of things that are done in a decentralized way and there's a certain set that's done in a centralized way. And that's okay. That axis is one that's interesting. Uh, sometimes it makes sense to do some things more centralized and, and, and others less. But actually, compensation is one of the things that it's really valuable to do in a more decentralized way. It, it's valuable for regulatory reasons, it's valuable for cultural reasons. Um, and uh, it ends up often, if done, if, if designed right, creating even better resource allocations. This is in the general top-down corporate model, all the decisions need to flow up through, you know, one small group or one person, which really limits the bandwidth of decision making that's possible in a group and limits the scale. And then, you know, with if as you push that decision making power to the edges of the network, um, the network can move faster and can be more adaptive to uh, the environment. And so that's part of the hope with decentralizing compensation. So that's, that's one piece, but another part of it is culturally, you know, what is the, you know, DAOs can be just another vehicle, like an LLC for creating a, you know, um, you know, resource extracting, you know, uh, financial bottom line company trying to, you know, gain dominance and, not necessarily anything wrong with that, but there's a lot of people also that, that want to have a different type of work experience, you know, where they're able to show up as their whole person and, and work on things that they're passionate about and not have uh, managers telling them what to do or, um, you know, the normal corporate world. A lot of us are trying to escape that and move into something a little bit more meaningful. And so how do you create that? You know, there's a lot of uh, examples of this in the corporate world and also in DAOs. And you need the right tools and the right culture to do that. So part of, part of having a, you know, decentralized compensation system that works is you need a culture that can, that can use it properly, you know. Otherwise, it's better to just have an old system. And that is a culture of generosity, a culture of trust, you know, where people are working together uh, and they're aligned on the same mission and uh, really in, in deep trust and sync with each other. And so that's the other big piece of the vision for for Coordinate. Um, and just kind of practically speaking, we see opportunity to, uh, you know, to create better tooling for the entire compensation space, you know, within DAOs. Right now, Coordinate works, you know, on some things. But what about contractor payments or vesting equity or anything else? Like We'd like to expand and coordinate to all of these areas. So yeah, that was a bit of a spiel, but yeah, why don't, uh, why don't we chat? Anybody have any questions or thoughts?
2: So, Trake, one thing that I think we've kind of talked about and that we are uh,
0: thinking towards, I guess, is what does it look like in your mind, for uh, a DAO to kind of decide what those contractor payments would be? Like, how do, how do we make that a decision that is decentralized?
1: Well, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, you, know, at, you know, in a constrained delegation governance model, like we use at Yearn, um, you can, the, the token holders can delegate... Uh, operational powers to different small groups and then those groups can make decisions like there's a year and there's a Y budget team and this is the same structure the coordinate will adopt as we grow into you know along our decentralized pathway we're already doing this to some extent in the future we'll do more of this um, but in this model token holders um, the decentralized piece is that token holders have the kind of ultimate control and they can they can move powers around create powers ratify teams, etc. Uh, but then they delegate that power to smaller groups so that they can act more efficiently. And so in that case, you know, a small group could be in charge of, of doing uh, contractor payments. But in other ways, you know, you could do it within a tool like Coordinate, where, um, you know, through a bounty system that can be priced, you know, with Give, for instance, um, or um, Or through a proposal system where, you know, people, contractors can make a, a rf you can do a a proposal for how they want to get paid for a job and that can be voted on through, um, you know, through token weighted voting or any other consensus mechanism. So I guess there's there's a lot of ways to do it and I don't think we've landed on how exactly we want to do it at Coordinate yet, but it's certainly on the roadmap.
2: Getting some video from you, Moshe, but you're muted. Yeah, I was going to uh, I was going to
0: open up the, the questions. So, for any of the uh, the teams who are being kind of represented here, how have you guys seen um, these compensation decisions be made, um, either using coordinate or in some other
2: way? I have a, a a topic to ask about if no one's going to jump on that previous prompt. Um,
0: so, not hearing anyone, I guess I'll throw this out there, Trey, I'm I'm curious to hear kind of how you think about um, the utility and maybe like the the benefits and the and maybe also the downsides of having there be um, kind of token voting, which has total power and control, versus trying to operate organizations that maybe don't have tokens or where um, there's like a constrained delegation model of, of folks who um, kind of have um, the final uh, who are making the decisions, but there isn't the, the token voting ab- above it. Like, what, you know, h- how do you view the usefulness of there being a token or possibilities that might arise if there isn't a token or there's some other way for there to be kind of um, full control, if that makes sense?
1: Well, one of the, one of the amazing things about tokens is shared ownership right and with um it's not always clear exactly what you're owning right and, but um i think daos need to get a lot better at that for what you're controlling but um it allows for a you know large group of people to permissionlessly um stake a claim to something you know and then to weigh in on what they're doing on what the, on how that thing works um and there's been a lot of really good examples. i mean it's amazing what this is what this has enabled, right? As we've seen over the past two years, it's shocking, right? This very simple mechanism has created these incredible community initiatives. But one of the, you know, Vitalik has written some really good critique of, of token voting, and there's a lot of problems with it. Um, you know, some of the problems that he outlines are that, you know, it, it is actually susceptible to financial capture because you can do things like split the fi- the economic value and the voting power of a token, and you can sell the voting power, which is uh, you know leads to potential collusion and, and takeover. Um, and then there's the old models, you know, in blockchain world for how to deal with this. Like the community can always fork. At the end of the day, it's always the people that's most valuable. But um, the problems I see with with token voting are a little bit different. It's more of a cognitive bandwidth issue, and this is going back to kind of what I said before, is that within any organization or any network, there is a, let's say, a a finite set of decisions that need to be made, Uh, finite but dynamic. Um, There is decisions all over the place, and these decisions all have different criteria, you know, decisions around what's the name of this organization going to be, what's the token economics going to be what's the marketing plan, you know who gets hired, where do they get paid, blah, 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 so many. Not all of those decisions are well-suited to token-weighted voting by the entire community um, for many reasons. Um, and you can say that this is decentralized in one way, but it's actually not. In a- when you actually analyze a lot of these token networks, you see uh, that there's a, you know, small cadres of whales that have most of the vote and control most of what's happening, so it's not really decentralized. Um, but the problem, more, is like that is not the right consensus mechanism for every type of, and that's why we developed the governance to constrained de- uh, delegation model, is because we wanted to have both. Like in a standard company in a corporate model, there are some really good features, like there's you know clear chain of command and there's um, small groups that get to make decisions you know, in a, in a op, good running company. Um, we wanted to have the same, that same benefit in a DAO uh, while keeping the real ownership and control in the hands of the token holders. And so in this way, we use you know, uh, delegation of powers, which allows for kind of threading the needle there to allow both of them. Um, and what you get at the end of the day is you don't sacrifice the decentralized uh, architecture and the collusion resistance that comes along with that. And you get the fast operational speed um, and the ability to be truly decentralized all the way down rather than centralized theater, where you're saying, yeah, everything is going through the forum, but really there's small private groups making decisions, pre-processing things and then putting it to the forum to get rubber stamped by the whales, right? That's not what we want. Uh, We want to be really decentralized not because of any um, uh, fundamentalism around that, because it's a better system. It's it's more effective way of working, um, and will lead to even better uh, opportunities for for creativity and growth in the future.
2: Yeah, I uh, I have a question around that. Please. So uh,
3: it's it's kind of an observation of exactly what you just said. So I was actually typing uh, the question because I prefer to type not to speak, but are are these discussions that you're uh, talking about of uh, designing around this problem, for example, with uh, with contractors, paying contractors and so on, are these discussions uh, taking place in the opera in the case of Coordinate? Uh, can contributor, contributors engage in these discussions and design around clearly defined problems? Or the dynamic is like this, there's a weekly meeting and you come and impart the wisdom and people in the coordinate circle ask you how, what do you think about this, what do you think about that. You know, like a guru coming from down from the mountain and saying how things are, how they should be and so on. So in the case of coordinate particularly and generally in the DAO in the space, how do these design mechanisms and solving problem problems uh, are, is, is happening. Thanks.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think the, the important, the, the interesting piece there, to me, the first part I want to talk about is that a lot of organizations are on a kind of decentralization now, or on a pathway. So right now, Coordinate is pretty centralized, right? Like, we have a community. And everybody can talk and come up with ideas. And people, anybody can come in and start contributing. Um, and certainly people are welcome to come in and make ideas, but still a lot of the uh, decisions are being made by the core team right now. But our plan is to further decentralize and, you know, launch a DAO and, and enable truly decentralized decision-making organization, uh, organizing to come together. So we can take a look to answer your question even in more detail. Um, well, first, shouldn't be the guru coming down from the mountain and laying out the proclamations. If you want that type of model, then a corporate model is much better. Um, it, that type of model doesn't take advantage of the, uh, the wisdom of the crowd that, you know, DAOs can really leverage. So that's not what we want. Um, but sometimes in the beginning, actually, it, it kind of always is that way in the beginning. Every project comes from a, like one or two, three small group of people that start as that guru you know, and sharing their vision. And then uh, you can decentralize it, open it up, bring it into a community over time. There's nothing wrong with that in that early stage, in my view. But then if we look at a group like Yearn, which is more developed, you know, it is a functioning DAO with a token, uh, decentralized contribution all the time. Um, there's always even more challenges. So like at Yearn, anybody can come in and contribute and you can create a, a group. And, but not that many people actually do the more sophisticated versions of this. A lot of people come in as independent actors wanting to contribute to a team, but very few people come in like, as teams wanting to take over an entire work segment, but they totally could. And I think the reason that we don't see that is it's kind of like, uh, it's such a new concept. Um, and we need to kind of, there needs to be somebody to break the four minute mile first before everybody else can. Um, and show what's really possible in Dallas. But you know it's still early.
2: Did that answer your question? Marcia? Yes. Yes. Yep. Thanks. Treyk, one of the things that I think is really
0: um, helpful with, Cord- with CORDNAPE, and particularly the map, is being able to see how those allocations are um, being divvied out and where, where people are giving, right, to, as kind of a, an identifier for where value is being created. Um, do you think that uh, eventually tools like ours will, will be built out to where people can see how um, community funds are being um, allocated across the entire DAO? Like, not just to contributor grants and, and things like that, but towards um, infrastructure and towards like, other development costs all kind of voted on as a, as a DAO, like, like we're doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I'm super excited about about the future of Coordinate is um, it really, and I think in order to think about it, uh, in order to see more of this future landscape, we have to think first about like, the, the evolving nature of work, right? So I, my feeling is that um, there's going to be this kind of DAO worker. There already is, but it's going to get even as governance systems and as compensation systems. Compensation, decentralized compensation actually is a real bandwidth limiter here. or It's a real development limiter here. And let me explain. So like the future labor market that I'm passionate about is one where each person you know, can uh, independently and autonomously decide what they want to work on, whatever they're called to, whatever their skills and passion meet. It's kind of like the ikigai model of, uh, you know, what are you good at? What what do you love doing? What does the world want to pay you for, Um, et cetera? To be able to offer these gifts to the world, right, and they can offer it to coordinate, or they can offer it to Olympus DAO or they can offer it to Sushi or whatever different DAO they want to offer it to, and they're getting retroactively uh, compensated based on the value that they're bringing to each of those DAOs. And nobody needs to sign an employment contract. Um, nobody, and, you know, you, can, you want to take six weeks off to go travel, you just talk to the people you're working with and you go do that. You don't need approval from anybody because, you know, it's this kind of fluid system where people are getting compensated for the value they bring. Um, and in order to, to get there, you know, you need a compensation system that is, that is dynamic, flexible, you know, and fast enough to make people feel safe, you know, and to to prove, you know, that you're going to be able to reap what you sow. You're going to be able to get rewarded for. It. Um, and you know, at, as we start doing that, then all of a sudden you see that you imagine this network. Let's say that you know all the DAOs have something like coordinate uh, for compensation. Um, you've got all these different memberships you know people that are in they're in they're in yearn and they're in court and they're in somewhere else you've got this overlapping network and if you start to imagine with that data space is, you can map the entire uh, DeFi world or the entire crypto decentralized contribution world or DAO world where you've got all these different members and they're in all these different networks and you can see the resource flow across them. and then you can add in other really interesting Budget information, which because, but not, you know, that doesn't come speculatively. Like, oh, I want to see that. That comes in attention-driven way because, in order to do the simple job of rewarding your contributors to the best extent possible, you need to surface budget information in there. And now, all of a sudden, you have this whole budget space where you can see the financials of all the different DAOs in the same place. So it creates this incredible. Uh, future potential of of transparency unlike anything we have ever seen before. And it it kind of requires a system like Coordinate
2: to get there.
4: Uh, so uh, Hey, Trake. So I was a core contributor at SourceCred for a while and a lot of the stuff you're talking about sounds like really familiar from a lot of discussions that we had there. one of the things that uh, I think kind of uh, we found with like these truly decentralized systems is like transparency and like structure and power dynamics is like really important, regardless of like what tool you're using. Um, and like, I think it's like the the concept of like actual like ownership, and it, it, one of the things that I've found is like incentivizing like real ownership over work. Is um when when you have like a when you're trying to have like a flat structure that still has some kind of like hierarchy is like kind of a kind of a struggle and like I was wondering what your thoughts were on that kind of uh situation um and like I've seen circles come in like some circles like you're talking about like delegation but I'm curious I'd, I'd be curious to hear if you have any experience with this kind of issue.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. I guess. Well, first of all, I love SourceCred, and um, are you still contributing there?
4: No, I've kind of stepped away. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm like really obsessed with the DAO collaboration tools, and so now I'm at Courtnave. <laughs> oh,
1: good. Well, welcome, welcome to the team, brother. Um, yeah, I love SourceCred, but this is a bit of a tangent. But and I've, I've talked to some, like MetaDreamer about this, and some other people. I think the problem—the problem with source cred, at least as it was initially conceived—is the idea that you can create an algorithmic, deterministic connection between metrics and compensation. And you can do that, but the problem is Goodwin's law or Goodhart's law. I always confuse what his name is, but it basically, it says that you know any metric will eventually be exploited. You know, if you're using a metric to judge the value of something, um, then people will start to game that metric. Um, and that's kind of unavoidable. And so you don't want to set up that type of incentive structure. But there's a really easy way to make that like that stuff super valuable, which is that you put a subjective layer in the middle. Um, so rather than being algorithmic, like all, I wanted to do this, we've talked about this and I want to work on this more. Maybe this something you can help with actually is integrating source cred into coordinate as a data layer, right? So you can get all that data, like what are the contributions that people are making And you can even get a numeric interpretation of, I believe this person's value is X, Y, Z. But then that doesn't translate to compensation. All that does is provide information for people in a gift circle, making a subjective determination of how much give they want. So we want to bring as much data into that space as we can, and then trust the people in the community to make good decisions with it. Um, But going back to your actual question, um, flat orgs don't work. Um, for a very simple reason is that hierarchy is a natural ever-present feature of the world Uh, the sun is bigger than the moon you know um uh you know um Feynman knows more about quantum physics than I do right I'm not gonna pretend that I know more than him right like these are beautiful hierarchies these are things that we want um I think there's a you know, there's been a reaction to the, um, you know, the the postmodern reaction to power dynamics, imbalances of powers and hegemony. You know, I understand you know, there's been a lot of exploitations of power in the past, but this idea that we need to destroy hierarchy is just kind of uh, a, a false premise. Um, so flat orgs don't work because it's just not what happens. There are hierarchies. So the thing is, is to take is to realize that hierarchies are not inherently bad. What we need to do is make them really work. They need to be transparent. We have to understand what's happening. They need to be brought into the light. These power dynamics need to be public. And then they also need to be fluid. So um, instead of the rigid dominator hierarchies that we see in the bad old days in corporate model, you can have fluid hierarchy, where like the 13-year-old jumps into the coordinate chat and that guy or girl has the best fucking idea for how coordinate should to do something they make the decision you have a hierarchy system that's so good that it can adapt on the fly to the person that is best suited to make a decision at any time being able to have the power to make that decision i mean that's a kind of ideal but um you know in the middle you can have a system like constrained delegation where um, anybody can come in and say that they want to anybody can be a leader and if they start leading well then they can get more power and that the community can be switching this power around in a with a system that is uh, corruption resistant, and collusion resistant. You know, through decentralized, transparent uh, consensus mechanisms, decision making. Um, and then the last part of your question is to have ownership over over what you're doing is essential. Like all of the research and science around motor- uh, shows that you know you need to have uh, skin in the game. For the decisions that you're making, otherwise it's too abstract, and you know the um, you know you really don't have the context. You're not actually part of the thing because the thing is more than just the decision; it's everything, the whole depth of a thing, and that includes the financial values. So you want to have a piece of all of that. Um, for that, you know, blockchain is one of the best things for that. So there's certainly ways to do that, although the mechanism design is a constantly evolving. You know. And how you do that in a fluid way, we're still figuring. And as we develop, you know, as we start to notice that the actual anatomy of these, these new way of working, you know, the, the boundaries are not where we thought, you know, the boundary we're used to thinking about a corporate veil kind of model, you know, and a competitive dynamic, but far more collaborative. And the actual interesting boundary is around the work groups themselves, not necessarily network. Um, so this idea of sub-DAOs is becoming more interesting see, you know, how, how are the mechanisms for value, economic, you know, resource allocation going in tokens going to move between the greater network, the, the sub-DAOs, partnerships. It's fascinating. Yeah. So I rambled a lot there, but hope that got to what, some of what you're saying.
4: Thanks. My question was pretty rambly too. Um, <laughs> I also shared uh you were talking about like the model of collaboration at, from like an individual's perspective and uh I shared the this blog this old blog from like 2017 called Blockchain Man which I think does a good job of like adding more context to what I imagine what I heard you talking about as well which is kind of which has been an inspiration to me the the concept of a blockchain man versus an organization man. Yeah. So,
1: um, reading the, the Howard Coase article from 1937, The Nature of the Firm, is, I think, a really interesting eye-opener to um, uh, mostly talking about the, um, you know, the, the friction and the overhead uh, that leads to corporate model being a higher efficiency model. And when you look at that now, you realize it's so many of those friction, you know, and so it totally changes the, uh, you know, the nature of uh, collaborative work.
0: Guys, this was um, really good. Trake, thank you very much. Uh, We are at time, so if anyone has any kind of last-minute questions that they want to sneak in there, um,
2: we can run to those.
1: Yeah, maybe take one more question if anybody has
2: one. All right, cool. Yeah, just
1: talk in the chat.
0: Yeah, so... um, the last couple things that we had here were, uh, announcements. So we wanted to announce that, uh, we've hired Tony Alito full-time. So he's going to be joining the team. So if you see him in the, in the discord a little bit, can't just, uh, say hello. He's nice. Um, he's not here right now. And then, um, the other thing that I wanted to make sure and point out is that our community circle epoch is live right now. Um, so if you are uh contributing at coordinate and you want to get compensated for that make sure that you fill out your epoch and make sure that uh that you're in that circle if you've made a contribution and you're not in that circle yet um holler at us in the vouching channel and we can get you added and uh or, or nominated and then um we'll get you vouched in there um Pro tip is to put the stuff in there uh, that is easy to read and easy to kind of quantify. So in your epoch statement, we're going to ask you what you've done and then we will um, then everybody who's giving can see what you've done and and allocate accordingly. So yeah, those are the, those are the two big topics. Um, Dijin bought crashed on us. So I will be DMing you guys a link to your PO apps um, after this. So if you uh, have your DMS locked um, maybe DM me, but outside of that um thank you guys very much appreciate you um coming out and and listening in trake thanks again for uh the
2: the chat always always enlightening all right later guys thanks for the great questions